Welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. I am so happy you're here. If you want to create a beautiful home that isn't cookie cutter or a trendy copy of someone else's, you're in the right place. And if you don't want to hurt your wallet or the planet to get one of those dream homes. And you can get started with my brand new quiz called Fix My Room. It's actually more of an assessment tool, but the word quiz, I think, sounds better because it's it's really easy to do. Just answer 20 multiple choice questions and you'll be pinpointing why your room isn't working, why it feels off, and why maybe your previous efforts haven't really panned out. Or maybe you're fairly happy with your room, but you want to make sure that your design choices are going in the right direction. Visit our website at slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later in the show. Now, let's dig into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Karen. And I'm Zandra, and we're the creators of Little Yellow Couch and the Style Matters Podcast. We believe that your style comes from knowing who you are, and that's why we dig deep in these interviews, to get to the substance behind the style. We are a community of people obsessed with interiors and modern homemaking. And since you're listening, please consider yourself part of the Little Yellow Couch family. If you're curious about whether or not your home has set you up to live your best life, visit our website, littleyellowcouch.com, and grab our worksheet on creating your own style manifesto. Our sponsor this week will be of particular interest to all of you interior designers and shop owners out there. The Rug Show is coming to the Javits Center in New York City from August 25th through the 28th. The Rug Show is more than a trade show, although they certainly don't skimp on quality or selection. And while you can attend a series of events for design accreditation, you will also be immersed in the cultural aspects of rug making and learn about the traditions and techniques long practiced by master weavers. This kind of exposure and understanding of the craftsmanship that goes into each rug is what gives interior designers the knowledge you need to truly serve your clients. On hand will be the most beautiful high-end area rugs from around the globe. This event is sure to be inspiring to both retailers and designers. An up-to-date list of exhibitors can be seen at therugshow.com, as well as information on how to register. Registration is free. That's www.rugshow.com, and the event is August 25th through the 28th at the Javits Center in New York City. Erica Tanov is a fashion and homewares designer who finds her muse in nature. We talk with her about her new book, Design by Nature, in which she shares her creative process from inspiration to a final product that is graceful, soulful, and very beautiful. What we love most about Erica is her insight into the dark and messy side of nature, along with the sublime. She takes us through different aspects of decorating as seen through her unique lens. Tree bark becomes multiple layers of monochromatic textures, and weeds become a freeform, wild mix of color and pattern. You're going to start looking at your home in a completely new way after spending a little time with Erica today. 
So, Erica, we discovered your beautiful nature-inspired world through your book, Designed by Nature, Creating Layered Lived-In Spaces, which is a great title. Can you share the narrative of how your love for nature began and when it first started intersecting with interiors for you? Yeah. So, first of all, thank you so much for having me with you here. (laughs) Um, And for me... I think growing up in Northern California, I was surrounded by so much natural beauty to begin with. So there is, I think naturally, that just seeped into me and who I am and and my world. And so that's become my comfort and just my so much of my aesthetic. Uh, so it was really the the hikes with my dad that started, I think, launched my love and appreciation of nature. Mm. And I think it was when my mother remarried and when we moved into our new house, I was eight and I got to decorate my new room. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think this was the beginning yeah. <laughs> of letting nature seep into my interiors. And I got to, so I chose uh, it's wallpaper that was vines of, of stripes of flowers. And then I chose this grass green shag rug because my vision was that it would be this garden with flowers and vines growing up from the ground of, of the grass. And so I got to pick that. And then I remember it was done and we came in and what I hadn't taken into account was that there would be the the floor moldings the or the, oh, right. the the baseboards i was like what like <laughs> that <laughs> i remember my 8 year old self 8 year old self being so devastated that it just ruined my vision of nature right. because it up the grass and right there was now this line line. between the grass (laughs) and the flowers like what is that doing there the molding has destroyed it yeah and I just remember feeling so sad and but that's the way it was and that's the way it was gonna be and um so I guess that was the beginning of creating interiors inspired Mm -hmm. by nature Mm -hmm. um it's a great story you mentioned in your book that a writer once described you as an imperfectionist. Can you paint mm-hmm. the picture for us of how this resonates with you and how it shows itself in your home and your daily life? To me, if things are too perfectly placed, then there's the fear you're going to mess it up. And that to me is not welcoming. So I think that's true in my style, whether it's in home or the way I dress, I just really like a loose, effortless feel. And I guess that comes with imperfection. And I think that's really kind of echoes nature and just appreciating, appreciating all the imperfections in nature. I think we're going to get into this a little bit later in the conversation, but you you really talk a lot in the book about how, about how nature isn't perfect. And there's so many beautiful pictures that we have access to now on blog posts or just scrolling through Pinterest or a travel website of just gorgeous natural landscapes. And mm-hmm. it's not until you're really in the woods or on the rocky beach or whatever where you see kind of the, the part that's not picture perfect, right? It's, 
there's something decaying. There's something that's, you know, blocking what otherwise would be a spectacular view. Uh, You know, a tree has fallen down or whatever. And so the ugly limbs are, the the roots are showing, which I I know you don't think are ugly, but someone who's taking a picture might think, oh, that's ruining my shot or something. Right. And uh, you do talk a lot in the book about looking at it from a completely different way. Like I said, we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. I I want to first say that we touched on the literal way that kids might interpret nature, like the way you did in your bathroom, but there are also these um, figurative ways that your book talks a lot about. So can you describe a room or a corner of your home that especially illustrates this sort of non-literal, more figurative way of using nature as inspiration? Yeah, sure. For example, in my living room, hugely inspired, well, one of the chapters in the book is wood. Mm -hmm. And so to me wood, it's uh, trees, and but a lot of it comes from the bark I see. And so it's very much about textures. And so working within one color palette and, but exploring it through all the different textures I see in wood, the, the shaggy bark or the smooth, shiny surface of a eucalyptus tree. So, so I've done a lot with the pillows offering up tons, tons of, of texture. And then with a Moroccan rug that's all neutral tone, but very shaggy. So it's just a big play on texture. Also, well, this is a little more literal, but in my bedroom, I've put up this wallpaper. It's by de Gournay and it's this, so it is a garden mm-hmm. painting. So there you have literal nature coming in, but it was painted on silver leaf. And with time, and they, the showroom had warned me, the wallpaper, the background is going to tarnish because it's <laughs> silver. Well, it started out first kind of about this rose patina, just like how a silver pitcher or cup mm-hmm. begins to tarnish. And it's just over the years has evolved and changed and like nature. So it's kind of this living wall, which I find Mm. so beautiful. And I think some, maybe some people would be so disappointed that it's not this shiny new silver anymore, (laughs) but to me, it's just, you know, that's what happens and let's appreciate every phase of it, just like we should in our lives. And that's, um, I think another way of letting nature in just, you know, go with go with the flow of something or how something ages and just appreciate that rather than like chucking something and getting something new as soon as you see the first signs of, of wear. Yeah. I love it. It's a living wall. A living wall. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back after a quick break. I just want to jump in here for a minute and remind you about the new free quiz that you can take at slowstylehome.com. It's called the Fix My Room Quiz, and I've created it because a lot of times when we're ready to change up a room in our homes, we get stuck not knowing where to start or what to do first. I mean, do you paint the walls? Do you come up with a different floor plan? Do you declutter first and then buy all new stuff? It's daunting. So the quiz is designed as a way for you to assess what's not working so that you're pointed in the right direction in terms of what to focus on. Everything else can kind of fall away. After years of helping others look around their rooms and identify the possibilities for big, impactful changes, I figured out how you can do this assessment yourself. 
The 20 multiple choice questions will ask you about how your room is functioning and how your style is developing. Then you'll receive a detailed summary from me about what you should tackle first. No more guessing and no more throwing money away or time. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. All right, let's jump back into today's episode. I love that. It sound, It just sounds so you. The... Yeah, I love that. They were warning you it was going to happen. And you're, like, <laughs> you're probably like, like yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it changes over time. Oh, you have another example in your book that I really loved because it was so such the designer in you. And it was something about, you were talking about how a leaf might show up as a literal, a literal sketch in a fabric, but that there are also figurative ways that that leaf might show up. For example, the folded edge of the leaf might turn into a ruffle at the end of a piece of fabric. Right. And I, I, right. I just, I love that idea of taking the way a leaf is folded and reimagining it on a dress or right. on a, the edge of a curtain. Well, and your book does such a beautiful job of illustrating that for us because I think, I think a big part of what your book was getting across to me was this idea of taking this intangible part of design that Zandra and I are always talking about, this, this kind of like, you know, when people come to us for advice about their homes we're always trying to kind of come up with the right words to describe that gut feeling you get mm -hmm. <laughs> when something really comes together. And I think allowing people to go through your book and really train their eye through these examples, seeing images of nature, seeing images of textiles and so on, uh, I think it's really going to help people then look at the things in their lives and look for uh, those imperfections. <laughs> yes. Oh, good. Oh, that makes me feel so good because it, it is for me so often so hard to put things into words. And to me, the book is just hugely visual and that is, and I'm a visual person and that's how I really communicate most mm. things. And then when they're it's like, well, no, there has to be words too. You have to describe. <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> um, that was uh, to me so much is spoken through through the photographs, and at the same time, I and that is my. It's definitely not a how-to book, and I say that in, mm -hmm. in the introduction, but that is the how-to. Just hoping that people do. Well, exactly what you were saying. See this and see, oh, it's really about opening your eyes to nature and what's around you and mm. seeing how these parts of nature can translate into in, decor or your, your home. And so I'm glad that like you see that and you think people can grab that from, from the book. Oh, Absolutely. Um, it made me, so many times as I'm looking through the book, made me want to buy like a watercolor sketchbook and some new watercolor <laughs> paints and start just coloring the patterns that I see in nature. Um, and, you know, I haven't wanted to do something like that in a very long time. And, and oh. there's something about your book that just makes me want to be creative. And Oh, oh yeah, that makes me feel so good. Yeah. That's great. And I think, well, that's also what I was trying to say. You don't have to be... 
quote unquote, an artist, right? You know, you just free yourself and see what you see and just start even doing little doodles. I, I show yeah. some of them in the book. Like first one is maybe a more literal drawing, but then I noticed a certain pattern in, I think in the C pod. Right. So I, first I draw it a little more, I mean, very loosely, but more literal. And then, oh, I take that shape. It's kind of that teardrop or um, loose diamond shape. And then you can see how, and then I refine it or simplify it even more. And you can get just these endless patterns. And then all of a sudden, whether you put that into one of something you make or design, Mm -hmm. or just simply you see that in something you already have that you've never kind of attached to nature, you could, you just start to see more and more patterns that you think have nothing to do with nature all (laughs) do stem from nature. Right. And that, that to me is, um, inspiring and a, a great sense of comfort or just a way of appreciating surroundings even more. Right. Right. So your book is broken down into five sections and those are, Mm -hmm. we've talked about some of them before, but wood, water, dirt, weeds, and decay. And I just was like, this is awesome (laughs) because you, you kind of are like, okay, designed by nature. And then you expect, posies and um, (laughs) all these, all these sort of like a lot of flowers, right? Just this, this sort of polished, pretty side Mm -hmm. to things, Mm -hmm. which, which I also think is a very, is sort of how a lot of people look at interiors is this just very polished, I don't know. Done. It's done. It's It's done. Yes. I want it done. I want this room done. And you even say this, I had this room done. (laughs) And, you know, our opinion about our homes and and everything creative in our lives is they're, they're never done there. It's, it's a process and (laughs) that's the fun part of it. So, so I, I love this sort of unexpected imperfection in the way of looking at nature. I wanted to um, open people up to the idea that there is so much beauty in weeds and decay and like dirt. But I think generally each chapter does have a, a mood. Like wood to me is, well, as I mentioned earlier, um, mostly about texture and kind of comfort and groundedness in kind of a monochromatic color palette where water is about fluidity. And of course, there's a lot of blue um, and greens. In the introduction of water, for example, I talk about just that feeling of when I was little jumping into this lake, you know, that cold Mm -hmm. original initial burst and then just kind of all consuming comfort of the water surrounding you. So it's, um, and then how that I try to explain how that translates into more of a design sense, but it's all based on feelings. And so dirt is, to me, a little more, well, of course, earthy, more sultry, um, kind of tribal. You'll see a lot of, a lot of that in the, the textiles that appear in that chapter. And, um, and then weeds, it, to, <laughs> to me, is just about wildness and mm-hmm. just kind of freeing yourself from any rules, not 
that I believe in any rules anyway, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's about, so that's hugely about texture as well, but mixing prints like, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of this freeing chapter and all, it's also super colorful. And then last is the decay chapter, which to me is just so gentle beauty. And of course there's more muted colors and this kind of tenderness and just appreciation of letting things go and letting things be. And whether it's appreciating a a withering flower and then seeing, trying to have that same appreciation in a textile that's starting to fray or get Mm. a hole, you know, rather than toss it, either live with it or mend it, you know, Mm -hmm. and then find the beauty in the mending or, or the patching of something, you know, put some crazy intentional patch on something and that way you're giving it new life. So in a way, decay is also about giving things a new life, a new imagine, you know, reimagine life. So it's kind of, you know, coming full circle. So that's the decay chapter. <laughs> you did a great job of summarizing each chapter. I was, I was wondering, how was she going to do this? Because there's so many different kind of levels in each chapter and different stories. And um, But yeah, that I mean, that's, that's a great way, I think, to, to let people know what to expect when they're looking through the book and what they can get out of the book. Karen has already said this, but it's really refreshing to read a design book that talks about something like weeds and decay. It's just nice to be shaken up a little bit, get out of our comfort zones, and and have a completely different perspective on where we can get inspiration from. I, I think that what I loved so much about it was that it it wasn't like looking through a design magazine, which, and I love design magazines. I collect them. I drool over them, but, um, (laughs) you know, they kind of start feeling the same after years of looking at them. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's the bathroom feature and then there's the kitchen feature. (laughs) And then, you know, maybe it's summertime. So we're going to have the patio feature. (laughs) um, There's a certain formula to it. It feels like. Yours is so inspiring. It, it just makes me want to go out and, and find something in nature to bring back into my home that will then encourage me to do something completely different. So I, I really appreciate that. Oh, good. That. Oh, yay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. So we love how you found this way to communicate through words, but also pictures the type of inspiration and vision for design that is oftentimes so intangible. We wonder if you could share the story of the inspiration that led specifically to the focal wall in your Marin County shop. Mm, (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I was opening a store in Marin and I, I loved the idea of having some, a, a wall when you walk in just, as you said, this focal point or something that was just visually like, wow, this is beautiful because it ha- this store has really high ceilings. And so I knew I-, I wanted something a bit dramatic. So while I was in the process of designing the store, it, I would be driving back and forth from my studio and home in Berkeley to Marin. And I noticed every time my drive back to Berkeley, just getting on to this Richmond San Rafael bridge, the bay, you just, you get on the bridge and the bay was just this twinkling 
t- shimmering water. I mean, mm. It was just because the sun would hit it. And it was just for like a second. It was just <laughs> only right when I drove right onto the bridge and then, then I'm on the bridge and I can't see it. It was this one angle. And I just thought, oh, to capture that. So I played with that idea in my head. Okay, I, I want something that feels shimmery and glittery, but not not too opulent or not, you know, just a bit of opulence, a bit of glamour, Mm -hmm. but of course, natural. And it was when I was in my closet (laughs) one day, there was this evening bag that I have, and it was just hanging on a hook and it's a little pouch bag with these brass sequins on it. (laughs) And I had my closet door open, I was in it, and I guess the light was coming in and it hit onto the bag. And so it became this shimmering brass sequins. And it just struck me, oh my gosh, this would be, (laughs) this is it. This would (laughs) be an amazing wall. (laughs) So I brought in the bag to the architects I was working with, which envelope architecture and design. And I said, I want to create, I want the wall to be this. And so we went with it and he went with it. They had, um, brass disc, these oval discs, um, die cut. And then we had layers and layers of them installed on the wall, each one hand hammered in with mm. the brass nail. And it created this kind of mermaid effect. And since they're not completely flat against the wall, there is some movement. Mm. And just when the light comes in the store, it just has this shimmering effect. That's the pure example of letting nature just be inspired by nature and then create something that is something entirely different. Right. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully the book does that, inspires people just to really to notice and to realize that, oh, I can do that too. It's just really about appreciating and opening my eyes to beauty that's, I mean, everyday things, not just, oh, so now I need to go on a hike in the wilderness or I need to go far away to find these landscapes. It's really, I mean, that's not what it's about at all. It's just walking outside, and and I talk about it in the book, just walking by a crack in the sidewalk and seeing just this little weed, you know, poking up. Like, to (laughs) me, that's amazing. That's beautiful. That's just like, shows this strength and like, I'm here and I'm going to make it. And, you know, and then <laughs> somehow trans translate that into your life or into your home and into your decor and, and your surroundings. Cause it's, it's so important at least for me to be surrounded by beauty. Mm. And I mean, and that can mean so many different things, but just to find, find your beauty. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Erica. This was really we're we're so inspired. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I feel really honored to have been part of this with you guys today. Thanks so much for listening. Our time together doesn't have to stop after this episode. We often talk with people about whatever's on their minds when it comes to their homes. If you follow us on Instagram, you can send us a comment or send us an email. We love that too. The best way to be part of the Little Yellow Couch community is to start at the beginning with your own style manifesto and then share it with us. Just go to littleyellowcouch.com and download your worksheet today. Thanks.
thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.